Hello everyone and welcome back to Slapcast. This is episode 37 of our coverage of the 2019-20 season. I'm Gage, your host as usual, and we are back again to discuss the penultimate round of fixtures for the Premier League. This season, which began what feels like an era ago, has finally begun to come to a close and we now have a better picture of what is going on in the world of the Premier League. And I am joined tonight by my fellow cohorts, Reese. Hello, Reese. Hello. Ethan. Hello, Ethan. Howdy, Gage. And Josh. Josh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, yeah, I've got my water here to drink, uh, which is nice. You guys, what, what are you guys <laughs> rocking to drink tonight? I've got, I've got some water, too. Got a, what is this? Vitarin Zero. Oh, interesting. How is it's that? Lemonade flavored. It's good. I mean, it's just it's just lemonade. Oh, nice. With vitamins. Ooh. Ethan, what? And, what did you and have? zero calories. I got water. Water. That's what we like to hear. Earth juice. All right. Earth, um, wait, 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 wait. Earth juice. Yeah, earth juice. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna discuss some fixtures. Um, I guess. We'll start off by discussing everything that happened in Match Week 37, and then we will touch on some FA Cup semifinal action after that, and then we will move on to discussing uh, the wrap-up of the regular season of the championship as well. Um, and we'll take a look at the playoffs, which are set to happen this upcoming weekend. So, yeah, starting chronologically, uh, the first game of Match Week 37 was... Uh, a 2-0 victory for Burnley over Norwich, but the only reason I want to mention it is because it feels like every year we have a team go down to nine men, and that was Norwich in this game. Um, which, I mean, really, they were they played with nine men for the entirety of the second half, and they only conceded one additional goal, so... I, I turned the game off after the first half because <laughs> there was just absolutely no way they were coming back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Norwich haven't been that bad defensively, in the recent in the past couple games, like obviously they've been pretty shit the whole year, but the past couple games they haven't been that bad. Maybe and like, <laughs> yeah. like defensively really they haven't been that bad. Obviously they don't create anything going forward, but staying back they don't. They're not that bad. And also the red cards weren't on like anyone on the defensive line, so I mean it could have been worse. True. That's true. True. And yeah, interestingly, you don't see that too often. Both players that got red carded were both attackers, which is quite unusual. It was actually strangely reminiscent of that Spurs Bournemouth game where Spurs went down to nine men because Buendia like reacted angrily to something, which was the first red card, and then the Dermich challenge was very high and very late, which was the second red card. Um it was yeah, strangely strangely reminiscent of that, but um yeah, anyway, not too much to discuss from that game. Just I wanted to point out that we had another team go down to nine men at the end of the season, which is kind of weird. There's a weird trend that keeps happening. Um, so moving on to the Sunday games, uh, we had a slap clash <laughs> um, between yeah. Spurs and Leicester. Spurs ran out 3-0 victors. And um, Josh, do you want to go ahead and uh, get your thoughts on this one out of the way? or I mean, yeah. I guess, I don't know, we just, I think our big problem in this game is we sat on possession for 
way, way, way too long at times. Like, there were a lot of times where we sat in the ball for, like, probably a solid 15 seconds waiting for some Spurs player to come and try and tackle us and then finally made, tried to make a pass and then they were already there to dispossess and start the counterattack. Um, 71% possession in this game, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's the it, lowest uh, the lowest possession Spurs have ever had in a home match. Like, in insane. history. But, With, I mean... I don't think we, I don't know. It was just kind, we had some decent chances, especially early in the first, early in the second half. There were some like right after, in the period after we scored the first goal, there were quite a few good chances. I mean, we had a lot of decent chances and we had a lot of decent balls into the box. We just don't have the players to receive the balls. It's kind of like, um, like, I don't know, I kind of have to compare this season to the Mares Vardy season. Yeah. Where, until like 17, 18 when he left. Mares did a very good job of playing the crosses, knowing who he was playing the crosses to. And I think our wingers and wingbacks don't do a great job of realizing who they're passing to. I think they're trying to pass it to a giant target man, like if we still had Slomani at the club. But they have, don't really realize that J- with Jamie Vardy, you have to kind of play it where he can try and run onto the ball. But, I mean, all three goals, like, I'll go with the own goal first. I mean, that's just an extremely unlucky deflection. And I think Casper would have gotten to it if James Justin didn't get to it, but I have no clue. That well, I think technically curly. it was off target because they awarded if if it had been on target, they would have awarded it as a goal for Sun. I mean that I think that would have been so hard to figure out if it was on target though, because it got blocked so early. Yeah, I know, which is why I was kind of annoyed that they put it down as an own goal. Like, yeah, but but um, I think casper would have gotten to that but i really have no clue because it was curving so much and then the other two the two harry kane goals those were insane goals like those were like the, those were amazing finishes like y'all played an amazing game um yeah <laughs> it, it, it like y'all made the, your chances count when you got them and we obviously didn't with having 24 shots and only six going on target. And Maurice made some amazing saves as well. Yeah, he was world-class in this game. Um, I don't know. I'm not terribly upset about the game. I don't think we... One thing I don't like tactically is playing the three at the back with Bennett and Morgan. Because they're both players that sometimes have a tendency to get their feet stuck in the turf. And like, I don't know, they... Don't I don't think that works very well for having three at the back. I don't know. There's not a whole lot. Like, yeah, it's not a particularly mobile back three, is it? No, really... and I, I don't think we didn't play bad. Is the thing? Like, no, there just... was just a lot of like complacency and sideways passing and not utilizing the space as it opened. We true, and we're also missing half of our starting eleven right now. Yeah. Which we're missing definitely doesn't help. We're missing like both with the three at the back. We're missing both regular 
center backs, both wing backs, James Madison. We're missing a lot right now, and I'm just ready for the season to be over. Like, there's still a whole lot to be played for, and if we come out swinging against United, we can still make Champions League, especially with their disappointing result today. They are slightly but, on a downturn of form, yeah. True, and... I don't know. I'm excited. I was glad to see a, a few more youngsters getting the team, like George Hurst, even though he didn't really have a chance to do much. I think Luke Thomas looked really good in the first half, but the second half he kind of struggled a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's, I don't know. <laughs> One of the things is like it's going to be so hard for us to score in that game, especially when Spurs are essentially playing six at the back, because y'all had like your back line. Of Davies, Sanchez, Alderweireld, Arier, and then you also Sissoko was pretty much a third center back the whole second half, and then Lucas Mora up until he went off was another fullback, and so was Bergvine when he come when he came on. Like there, that was going to be such a hard defense to get past because it was basically a six at the back. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this is one of the things that I think actually does come from Mourinho. Like, it is an advantage of having Jose Mourinho, is that the way he se- he sets up for each match on an individual basis, which is really mm-hmm. unique from a Spurs point of view, because Pochettino obviously was a system coach, and he yeah. kind of rolled out the same either one or two systems, depending on you know whatever factor, but he stuck to that one or two systems. And Jose in this game and in the North London Derby, and in the game against Newcastle, he adjusted the system slightly to essentially exploit the weaknesses in the teams that we were playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that happened especially in this game because the the wingbacks, or the fullbacks in this game, sat completely deep. They almost never went forward, which is completely uncharacteristic of Spurs usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't have to go forward just no, because, they didn't. We, because we commit so much forward because we do have one of the Premier League's best tacklers in Wilfred Ndidi and Ricardo Pereira when he's healthy. And like we have so much to rely on going backwards because Johnny Evans is a very reliable center back and probably should have got sent off three different times in the game. Yeah. And then Soyuchu is great and can be on either side of the field at any point very fast and very quickly and reacts very well to counterattacks. But he's gone because he's a child. Right. But um I don't know. It like y'all just played a very solid game. Like, yeah, we had twenty four shots, but a large chunk of them were blocked shots. It's not like we were just like hammering them and Lloris had this insane amount of saves. Six he did a have a few he did have there. a few pretty world class saves though. He did ha- to yeah. He did have some very good world class saves. The one on Perez in particular, the volley yeah. that was headed to the bottom corner. That was a ridiculous save. Yeah, those were but like if you like I looked at like XG and like <laughs> the majority of them were blocked or missed shots and it was just kind of disappointing to see that. Yeah. Or yeah. um I don't know. There's not much. There's not much to say about it from a Leicester perspective. Like we're missing a large chunk of our creativity, 
and our best players. And I'm, I'm ready for the season to be over. I'm ready to start focusing on next year, focusing on what we need to do to be successful again in the league, but also hopefully maybe to make it to the knockout stage of Europa League or just have a decent showing in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, one question I had for you. Do you think Harry Kane has finally figured out how to play under Mourinho? That's what I was going to ask. We've been giving him a lot of crap, and it seems like he's just like... The past couple of games, he's definitely showed that well, not the form of an uh, older Kane, a younger Kane. Well, okay, first of all, like, we give him a lot of stick, and I do I do as well, but it's almost one of those things where we, like, take his ability for granted, because keep in mind, under Jose Mourinho, Harry Kane has 13 goals and 18 appearances, which is not a bad return whatsoever, and that's in, in the midst of a season where he missed six months through injury. So, like, his record has not been, like, horrific or anything like that. But, yes, obviously there has been a serious uptick in his performance in the past couple of games. Um, I'm going to have a nut fest real quick. He was literally world-class. Like, and I don't don't say that lightly. Like, he was, that was one of the most complete performances from a striker I've ever seen in that game. He played, like, he played the way we know Harry Kane can play, like those 29, like the season where he scored 29, 30 goals, that was the kind of Kane that we saw when y'all did have that like rapid attack and could like build on stuff and get like some very good attacks going forward versus the past couple seasons where it almost like it seemed like y'all struggled a little bit going forward. Um, I think, it's easy to take him for granted, but that's because we know what he can do. We yeah, know he can yeah. score 30 goals a year. We know what he can do. So when a player like that, especially because he's coming into the prime years of a striker, he's 26, about to be 27, 28 in the next few seasons, he's coming into the prime years of a striker. And like you don't expect someone at the age of 24, five last season that kind of have an off year and then for most of the season seem to repeat it with his injury problems. But I think I think that he I don't know, I don't really know what I'm trying to say with that. I think he's <laughs> Yeah. But I think we do take his um talent for granted, but I think that's because we know what he can do and we know the difference that he can make for a team. Yeah. And not to mention like the, the two finishes were inch-perfect, first of all. Oh, those were amazing. Which is the, like, the type was, of thing we expect from him. There was nothing Schmeichel could have done about those. The The second one was very reminiscent of that Arsenal goal in, in 2016. The, mm-hmm. like, my favorite Spurs goal that I've ever seen. Um, but he played at least three, like, Kevin De Bruyne-esque passes in this game. Like... The one, the one leading up to the first goal, that around the corner, outside of the foot, through ball to Sun. Yeah, is, that was insane. That's absurd. Like, you know, yeah. there are very few strikers in the world that can pull that kind of thing off. And then there was another one. Um, an, it was like a no-look reverse pass through the lines of the Leicester defense to Sun as well, where he uh, Sun just kind of got it caught in his feet and did pretty poorly, slipped? actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one I thought it was about to be a fourth. Yeah, because that pass from Kane is like no look. It's just 
I mean, it, it was like orgasmic material for me. Um, and Lucas Mora as well, who's turned a bit of a creative side suddenly. Um, he's been given this deeper, wide role by Mourinho, and he seems to be like seriously profiting from it because he also played a couple of ridiculous passes in this game. Um, and, and he, I thought defensively in the first 30 minutes or so, he was pretty poor, but after that, I mean, he shored up and, and he and Arie actually did a nice job covering that right side. So I, I'm, I'm really impressed by the progress that we're making and I hope we can continue on. Um, yeah, I'm very curious to see how y'all play against Palace because y'all are traditionally a team that performs very well in the last day of the season and against us and against Palace. Yeah. Yeah. And I want, <laughs> but y'all have struggled a little bit the past like obviously the past two match weeks y'all have had some amazing results against um Leicester, Newcastle and Arsenal but going back to the three games before that against Bournemouth that was one of the worst Spurs teams I've ever seen play and then the Everton win and then the Sheffield loss was also pretty pretty rough I do think, like you said, Mourinho is doing this kind of um, switching the system a little bit per game, depending on the team. So I think definitely it just depends. I think a lot of the troubles we've seen somewhat depend on just how well the team can adapt to whatever change he decides to make for that game. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's a lot. Like, y'all don't have... Like, y'all obviously have a whole lot to fight for. Y'all can slide into that sixth spot if, depending on certain results. Yeah, we need Chelsea cool. to beat Wolves, pretty much. And I need Wolves to beat Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think... Um, I don't know, there's a lot to play for, and it's going to be very interesting to see how y'all... This last match week is insane. It is going to be crazy, and we'll like, get on to a few more things that are going to be crazy in this last match week here in a second, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, all right, I think we're good to move on to the next result, which is, um, do we want to talk about the FA Cup stuff now, or do you want to come back to it after? We can do it after we finish talking about Prem stuff, yeah. Okay, Ethan, do you want to talk about the Wolves game? against Chris? Oh. I've already spoken a lot about it in the past, and nothing really has changed, so but, uh, I'll make it brief. Um, you know we're bad when we're letting Potent score, who's 5-4 with his head. And, uh, <laughs> pretty bad. No, but, um, yeah, we didn't look anything. We didn't. We just didn't look good. And you know I've mentioned that so many times on this podcast. And uh, yeah. definitely looking to bring in a bunch of players in the summer. I already got one, Nathan Ferguson from West Brom. That is a good. very good astute signing. signing. Yeah, kind of free as well. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, it's a good thing to look forward to because uh, I like Ward, but he is just—I think he's getting to that age where he mm-hmm. needs to calm down. Yeah, y'all definitely been missing that. I mean, Wambasako is just an amazing right back, but that youthfulness in the position, especially with the way fullback fullbacks are going now, that just requires so much energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the the thing with Juan uh, Basaka is that he always liked he he can hold on to the ball for a little bit when he's forward and you know like drive with it and then pass. But with Ward, every time he goes forward, he has to pass it because it's like he doesn't want the ball at all and he just tries to get rid of it right away. But 
Um, he has put in a shift every so often, but these last few games haven't convinced me at all. But um, yeah, uh, nothing. Just there's nothing real positive to take from the game. I'm kind of ashamed what Roy said. He said that, or his comments after the game said that the the amount of injuries and the run of fixtures have really like in, like down our performances. And I'm like, well, the only players we have injured are Tompkins and Benteke, and those are like vital members of the squad but i mean i don't really see that as like so many injuries that causing us to like perform this badly and the run of fixtures is something we have to get used to i mean surely i mean yeah we've had big games like liverpool and chelsea but we also have been playing like villa and burnley so those are all games that we should probably get points from so it's not really spiriting to hear him say stuff like that i think he's definitely yeah, i don't think it's too uh, embarrassing to lose to villa i mean they're they're kind of good I think he's got to be on the way out. I think he'll just really leave. Out. What? I said I'm really out. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think he'll need uh, just, I think he'll need a younger manager that's more, I don't know, I'm not saying Roy's not like in tune with where the game is going, but when you're 2-0 down to make two defensive subs, like you said, like, that's, and that's, that's not only, okay. That's the only he's, sub- he's got Myron Purick, one of our good winger, uh, youngster wingers on the bench. I mean, come on, man. I, I, think, I think y'all definitely are in desperate need of a change. Yeah. And uh, the commentator mentioned it a lot. We're just lacking quality, and I agree. I mean, like, Zaha's still good, but we, we they've they've gotten our game plan down every time, and they put three guys on him, and that just eliminates all of our attack going forward. And yeah, yeah we can get it to him every time, but it, it just doesn't work out. Like he's a he's a very good player, but there's only so much that he can do with the ball mm-hmm. at his feet when there's three players around him. I think yeah. I don't know. I think he'll need. I think if y'all spend the Juan Bissaka money, because y'all have the all fifty million now, right? I think so. I think if y'all spend enough of it on a a couple decent signings, like because I'm sure some of that's going to go to the um, development of the youth academy that Palace are heavily investing in, right? I hope so. I hope that the money that we haven't spent. Over the last few transfer winners, I hope that is what it's being taken from. I'd like more money to be from for our transfers, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's the financials are all over the place. I don't know, but like when we talked about this a couple weeks ago, how y'all are fine, y'all are slowly getting up to where it's like a net profit, which is amazing. Um, but I think the transfer windows is going to be. Out of all the slap clubs, I think y'all's is going to be the most important. Yeah, um, I'm going to throw think... a name at you quickly for who could possibly replace Roy Hodgson. This is completely speculative. I'm just I I would yeah. like to see this happen, and I think it's a good tactical fit. Pochettino. <laughs> no, Steven Gerrard. Oh, that, you know. It, that's funny because a lot of people were wanting him on Twitter. Like, oh, I follow a bunch of Palace fans from England, and they were all wanting him. And I wouldn't mind it. How do they have Europe uh, Rangers? No, but I ha- part of me just knowing his personality, 
part of me makes me want to think that he wants to f- be that team to dethrone um, Celtic. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, like, something I tells me he would rather um, manage in the Premier League. They do have Europe next season, by the way. They made it to the knockout stages of the um, Europa League, too. I think they're, they're still in it, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair fun. Yeah, that's funny, though. Sure, uh, real quick, much to your dismay, but can we talk about the Johnny goal for a second? No. Yes. That was no. nasty. No. <laughs> yeah. Lovely buildup from Traore as well the, to set up yeah. the... Got the nutmeg. Yeah. Oh, poor, poor uh, Mitchell. Who actually, I've, I've been quite impressed with, actually, by the way, since he's come in. I think he's yeah, done he's well. So You're still getting used to Premier League action, but he did have some good passes going forward. He did try and uh, play like Van Anholt because he had to not play. He couldn't play that game because he was in there. He's okay, right? I think he's fine. I think he just had something wrong with his shoulder. Uh, I don't think he's playing the last game, but hopefully he'll be ready by the time the next season starts. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I'd be open to Steven Gerrard coming, but I don't see, I don't think it'd be that likely. Since uh, did they decide the outcome of the Scottish Premier League? Yeah, they so they canceled it. the season like uh, France did, and just did points per game. Oh, uh, so they gave uh, who won then? Oh, Celtic. Celtic. It okay. was. I, I mean, I think it was. It wasn't even close. It was by point three. Oh, okay. Rangers finished so, second. If you're wondering, but which they they're in that they're in that like horrible position of like they're they're just they're better than everybody else, just like Celtic is. But Celtic are just that much better than they are. Yeah. Yeah. Like out of twenty nine games, Rangers won twenty one, drew four, and lost four. But Celtic won twenty six, drew two, and lost two. So in that horrible position of just not, not being quite able. There. Yeah. Like Rangers were in first for one match week this season. Yeah, I was just. Were you looking? Are you looking at the Wikipedia graph of that? Because I yeah. was just looking at that too. Like I don't know. I. I don't know. That's just that's so sad. And the Scottish League, I wish they had just a better, better competition. It's just kind of sad to see. Yeah. yeah. But um, one thing I'm looking forward to is obviously we're looking at young players. You know, we got Ferguson in, and we've been keeping a keen eye on a uh, Arabicha Ezzi from QPR. No, you kind of have him. He's coming to Spurs. <laughs> uh, you don't need him, bro. Get out. Yeah, no. Maybe I... Spurs will buy him and loan him to y'all. No doubt. <laughs> doubt. <laughs> no. No. Actually, no. I, I, I. You're right. We, we don't need him. We need there are several other positions that we need to strengthen more than attacking midfield. But uh... yeah. But in terms of transfers, I haven't seen any links to any thirty-year-olds because. I think I think right now we have the uh, the highest age right now age average. Jeez, that that makes old. sense actually. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we'll buy some youngsters to lower that age. Yeah. yeah. 
a little bit more from Monday's results. Sheffield dropped some big points against Everton. Yeah, eliminating and them from uh, European contention as well. Horrible game from them. And then Brighton, Newcastle, Drew. So Brighton, Brighton are safe. Sorry, Ethan. Yeah, whatever. And now, let's get on to this game, Reese. Did any of y'all watch this game? No, God, I no, didn't. I didn't think it was going to be this interesting. It really wasn't interesting, to be honest. Uh, besides the result. So, I act. So, we lost to Villa. Yes. Way. One no. I actually didn't think we played that bad. Uh, the stats are a little. I mean, the stats are somewhat deceiving on one hand, and then absolutely not deceiving on the other. So we had zero shots on target. Uh, that's embarrassing. But we also had sixty-nine percent possession. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Villa's goal. I mean, we also like hit the post once. We had a few chances that were so so close. Um, Villa's goal. It was from a corner, which we've been notoriously bad at this season. I've talked about that uh, a lot. <laughs> but um, basically, Trezeguet was just left completely unmarked in the box, which I'm not sure how that happened. But then uh, he just absolutely levered it into the bottom corner. Yeah, sweet as a nut. So it's like, how do you go unmarked? But then also, like, you would not have expected him to whip that out of the bag. So, um, yeah. And then I thought also the result was partially due to resting some of our most key players from the FA Cup game. Yeah. For instance, uh, I I thought the main two specifically that really affected the outcome of this game was that Tierney was rested, um, who he's been just massive in these past few games since the restart, and Xhaka was rested, and he's also been so, so important for us in the team. And uh, I think Arteta also realized this because Xhaka came on at halftime. Um, Torreira didn't have a bad game or anything. He just wasn't doing the role that Xhaka has been doing. He doesn't contribute as much going forward as... Shaka can right uh yeah but also just like the I, I also don't know if he blends well with Sabias. Jaka is just like the perfect um foil to Sabias, so they match well yeah but um yeah and then I was a little disappointed with Bikai Osaka I did not think he had a great game uh but also he's still young so I think that comes with comes with more experience I also thought Cedric was really poor in this game um, and I thought that was something we were really missing was um, Bellerin. So basically, Cedric stayed on the wing the entire game, which is fine. He's a wing back, but something that's been so so important for us is that Bellerin will play on the wing. He has also compared to uh, Cedric, Bellerin links up with the wingers just better. Just that simple. Mm-hmm. But he also Bellerin will cut inside, and uh, so that that provides another player in the midfield and we can play um, more centralized instead of on the wing, which I think has been a big part of our play. Um, Cause a lot of it has been coming through that midfield where Bellerin will cut inside and hand it to Ceballos and he'll have a good pass instead of just constantly whipping in crosses. Um, 
so yeah, I thought that was something we were missing. The only thing I really questioned Arteta on was the front three. So Sokka was playing, but he was more of a left wing back. So let's like not look at him as a winger for now and just look at the front three as left wing, striker, right wing. Mm-hmm. There was three strikers. It was a bombing at left wing, which is like, okay, he's been playing there. Lacazette is striker, but then Nketia on the right wing, which is he's very inexperienced there. So I thought that was very strange. And I wouldn't say he had a bad game. It's just he was completely out of position. So um, he didn't really provide anything in the game. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I have on that. I was, it's disappointing to lose this, especially because uh, now we we're out of the out of the competition for that seventh spot. But even still, that really required a lot of things. It required a lot of um, blunders from other teams. Not, our fate was not in our hands whatsoever besides just winning our games. It required a lot of other teams losing. Mm-hmm. Also, I pointed this out. Um, we now have the opportunity to relegate Watford, which I absolutely hate them. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be I'll be glad if Troy Deeney's not in the Premier League anymore after mm-hmm. Sunday. Are you okay with the result given that y'all did win the semifinals on yes. Saturday? If we hadn't, I'd be very upset. Yeah, we're, that would be a chance. I, I definitely think, because uh, if you compare the two, there's just so much more. And like I said this with other teams, we needed them to lose. In terms of things in our hands, like what can, what we can control, we yeah. can control the FA Cup way more than we can control other teams because it's like you look at the FA Cup, obviously it's it's a tough game, but if we win, we qualify. But if we had won this Villa game, even if we won the last... So if we won Villa and Watford, there was still a chance that we don't qualify for Europe. So there's just way more out of our hands. Yeah, I think. So do you think it was just a personnel issue going from Saturday to Monday, or do you think it was a tactical issue that led to the um result on monday i don't think it was tactical besides that front three thing i mentioned but even that wasn't terrible i do think it was somewhat personnel but also i just think uh the commentators mentioned this and i do think it's very true because uh old habits die hard and something arsenal have always struggled with is i mean just pure performance-wise, not even results, but just performances, I mm-hmm. think generally our performances are way better against the top sides than against the bottom. And I think it's, the commentator said it, is that it's easier for the players to um, be be more focused and intense when it's a team like Man City. Mm-hmm. As Villa. You're, you're definitely, there's that element of uh, underestimating them and just not being there, you know? Yeah. Also, I think it's also a mixture of just coming off of that game against City where it's very, very high intensity. And so you had to rest those players that didn't start. So, Yeah. And then how do you think you'll do in the FA Cup tie, the final? Um, I honestly have no idea. I don't either. Because, like, you also don't know how Chelsea are going to play that game. Yeah, exactly. 
because they do have it depends on which Arsenal shows up. Is it going to be the Arsenal yeah. that we saw against and Liverpool Chelsea? City? <laughs> yeah. Is it going to be the Arsenal that we saw against Liverpool and City or the one we saw against Villa and uh, other teams that we lose to? I'm tr- I mean, there's a list of them. Spurs. I'm curious uh, to see how Lampard plays it because they have a, the week after they have their Round the 16 second leg against Byron. They're already down 3 0 on away goals. But I don't know if he's just kind of, if he has kind of the mindset where they're, he's kind of accepted that they're not going to qualify for the quarterfinals or if he's like determined so much that he would like almost rest players the week prior. Yeah, I'm not sure. I will say I have, I mean, it's the hope that kills you, but it's, this is. Vi- in terms of ties, like who we have played, um, this is just straight up our uh, 2017 FA Cup win because it was Man City in the semis and Chelsea in the final. Mm-hmm. So it, it gives me hope, but you know, you know, uh, I think know it's going to be a very interesting game, and the build up to the game is going to be very interesting, especially that I... hour before once the squads come out in the lineups and just kind of seeing like how yeah. the teams stack up against each other. I don't think it will be a repeat of Baku. I think even if we lose, no. it'll be close. The teams are very different now. Yeah, for sure. I do think I it's think... very interesting that either Arteta or Lampard is going to get a trophy in their first season. That is crazy. And Chelsea have kind of been on a down run of form aside from the FA Cup semifinal, they've kind of struggled the past couple weeks in getting the results because they've had time and time again to kind of put away their Champions League spot and have kind of fluffed it the past couple weeks. Yeah, and it's something that's kind of hard to explain because watching them, I don't really know what's going wrong besides just random errors. So I don't know. I haven't watched their games like intensely to see like, oh, this is what's going wrong. We'll, I definitely we'll come on to it in the Liverpool game. I have a few ideas of what's going on. I didn't. I didn't have a chance to watch the game today, so you'll have a lot more. Well, I, did, I mean, I, I I watched the extended highlights package, but okay, uh, yeah. As far as my like final thoughts on FA Cup go, I definitely think if both teams play their best, as we've seen in the past few weeks with some of their games, I think the game is going to be decided by whatever tactics the managers employ because it's both two young and like upcoming managers, very progressive styles. Um, so I, and I do think in some ways they complement each other. So um, it'll be a def, it'll be a fun one to watch for sure. I think a Kepa mistake could definitely decide the game. Yeah, for sure. God, sorry. I was just thinking this whole time while you were talking about this, ever since Josh or ever since Reese mentioned Baku, I've just been thinking about how long ago and how foreign that game seems. Like, does it not seem like a different era? Like, it does. It's so weird. Like, because it was so long ago, and then Emery was our manager, which like a will be scored our only goal. Sorry, was Chelsea's manager? Yeah, Hazard was at the club. Yeah. There's just been so much that has happened. And I don't know, the last year has changed so much for obvious reasons. And just like personally, it's I was going to say, even, yeah. 
But I know, that's yeah. crazy. It doesn't feel like a year ago. When you said, like, when you referred to Baku, in my head, I was like, dang, that was a year it ago. It feels like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these past four months have felt like 10 years in themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Chelsea having the great result at the weekend and then kind of doing the opposite today. I, let, I mean, Gage, you kind of give your thoughts on where Chelsea has have gone this week. Yeah, well, I think this is kind of one of those things, like, li- pretty much Liverpool kind of have to win this game because they're going to lift the trophy, and it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> – that that has no tactical bearing or, or any value whatsoever, and it is the worst analysis I've ever given on this podcast. But, like, it's just one of those things, like, you, you kind of expect Liverpool to win this game because they're going to lift the trophy. Uh, that being said – it actually was a cracking fixture, from what I could tell. Uh, obviously, the final score was 5-3, so there's something in that. Uh, but I will say, for three of five Liverpool's goals, three of five of Liverpool's goals, Kepa was directly at fault. Oh, yeah, that free kick was not... It wasn't that good. Like, of, I mean, it was a good free kick. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know... Like, but, it, was, like it was decent, but it was savable. 100%, yeah. I swear Alexander on those goals a free kick every time he plays against them now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he must cause do. Because after the game, I was scrolling on Twitter, and it was, it was Bleach Report putting up. It was a free kick goal, so they had to go crazy about it because it's Bleach Report. And they were just... I hate and they <laughs> And I don't know. It, I looked it up, and I was like, well, that wasn't that... I mean, it was a free kick goal, but it looked like Kepa was just stuck in his stuck in cement. He was. He very much was. And okay, so the the Nabi Keita goal was just a screamer. Honestly, I mean, it was a a bar down like thunder bastard, basically. Um, Vinaldums, I thought Kepa was at fault here, and his defenders didn't exactly help him out either. Um, but it's another one where he just stands there, like Vinaldum, like. He has two seconds to wind up the shot, and Kepa's angles are good, but he doesn't move his arms to try and save the ball. Like, it's it's very strange. Like, it's very bizarre. The Firmino goal. First not goal much. at home in like a million years. It, the whole season, actually. Um, which is crazy, but it brings his total up to like 12 this season, so he gets it done away from home. But it was a dummy cross from Alexander-Arnold. Um, it's just a gorgeous delivery and a good header. Not much... Really, not much any of them could have done about that goal. But um, the Oxlade-Chamberlain goal that finished them off, um, Kepa got his hand to it. I thought it was a weak hand, and I thought he should have made the save, to be honest. Um, He's definitely uh, reminiscent of his senior in David De Gea. Yeah, I don't know what it is about high-profile Spanish goalkeepers making high-profile mistakes this season. Like, Bro, I also just don't arrow. rate Kepa. I don't either. I think he's a bad goalkeeper. I did it first, and then he just totally fell off. They need to start Willie Caballero. In this I don't know. He's, Willie. He's, he's, like, good sometimes, and then he's dross. I, I mean, he's so is Kepa. This is a tangent, but... Wait, did you say FA Cup? Yes. Yeah, I... Sorry, that's what I was going to say. I Because you mentioned Kepa. A Kepa mistake might decide that game, but... Yeah. Caballero's been playing in the tournament... In the... Uh, in the tournament, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the final. He probably well. will start the final, yeah. But well, I don't understand how Pulisic doesn't start every single game for them. I, like, I mean, this yeah, might I be a 
He has Kurt's been. Are, he didn't start today. He's got subbed on. Oh, what? Yeah, he didn't start today. But that cross was stupid. It was ridiculous. And the the, and the, run, the, the like the, running through the defense to get to that point and as well. Just the turns he made in his own goal. That was insane. Yeah. You like, know, people, people were saying goal. like... Go ahead. I said I love the commentary for that goal. Oh, yeah. The Ameri- like the the whole American Captain line. America. Yeah. yeah. Um people are people like questioned his ability to take the role of Eden Hazard and by no means am I suggesting that he's a better player than Eden Hazard but I mean he's done he quite admirably. Season. Yeah, this season he could well be. Um I hate it so much, but he's so good. <laughs> he's so good he's like hardest to bring Chelsea back in this game. Do what? I said he definitely tried his hardest to bring Chelsea back in yeah. this game. I, he, like, he's, I don't understand, like, he came on for Mason Mount, and, like, Mason Mount is a decent player, but I think Pulisic is world Miles better, better. yeah. Because he's had so much experience, he's played in a different league that also is very physical. And he's American, which we were just talking about before the show, about how that yeah. breeds a different think, level of physicality. Yeah, and I think... Well, so what we were talking about before the show is Tifo football, who come up rather often on our podcast because they are They're high amazing. quality. They're amazing. They did a YouTube video about why there's so many young Americans who play in Germany. It's because it's very easy for for Americans to go there. They would have to get a work permit. There's a lot, a few other things that go into play, but there's German academies tend to have like an open open arms almost to young American players because they because Americans have the stigma of being like physically very good players like very strong very fast but they lack technically and players like Pulisic and can pave the way for more young American players to get that chance at European football that they might not have gotten before because there's this negative stigma amongst many European managers and just people in the footballing world that American players are physically very good, but technically not up to standard, which is not wrong. Like we see in Jose Altador go and just get shat on at Sunderland. Yeah. And Dempsey was very hit and He's talking on. Yeah. And I think, Players like Pulisic, Weston McKinney, Will Trap, Tyler Jones. Adams. Tyler Adams is very technically uh, sound. There, like, hopefully, there's a new wave of players that can come into Europe and kind of up that pedigree for um, American football because we've there have been players that have gone to Europe, like. Um, Michael Bradley went to Europe and he struggled a lot yeah, when he was poor. with his time at Roma. Like he wasn't, he just wasn't up to the standard that they are there. Um, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of negative stigma. And hopefully players like Pulisic can kind of mold that into, Hey, why don't we try giving these players a shot and just see where it takes us. Like it might not work out, but Hey, it might work out. Right. Yeah. On that hand, it's very exciting. It's like, 
Gage was saying we we hate that he's good because he plays for Chelsea, you know. But on the opposite side of that, it's very very good exposure for the for the American for the yeah. American players in the American scene, you know, just a player performing at this top level in in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it's just irritating for me because I'm annoying and I hate fun and I hate the USSF and everything American <laughs> soccer stands for right now, <laughs> like. So I have I have so much reason to hate the USSF and the fact that our best player plays for Chelsea just makes me hate them even more. So, and then there's also rumors of Weston McKinney coming to England, which would be awesome. It would be, yeah. I tell you what, talking about Tyler Adams, this is totally unrelated, but God, would I kill to have Tyler Adams at the base of the Spurs <laughs> midfield right now? I would literally kill to have Tyler Adams. But uh, anyway. Total I'm a big Tyler Adams fan, but it's like the past few um, times the national team has been playing, he's been injured, so he just yeah. hasn't featured a lot in the in the national team. So I haven't gotten to actually watch him play very much. And but, he's been kept out of the Leipzig side by Conrad Leimer, who's also a very good defensive midfielder. Yeah. When he first broke into that um, American side, though, I was very very impressed with them. Didn't he score against uh, Mexico on 9/11? He did. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was. That was a good moment for sure. Um, okay. Well, we somehow uh, managed to intermingle our U.S. conversation, the FA Cup stuff, and the end of the Match Week 37 conversation <laughs> all into one. But it, I, thought, I mean, it worked out nicely. This is a good little blend there. Um, yeah. And, oh, do you, you got uh, one final thing? or? Oh, no. Oh. I was just saying, yeah, it did. Okay. It did well, kind screw of you. Mesh well. um, <laughs> no. So now I'm going to uh, come to Ethan. Uh, because we are going to do some championship chats. So, Ethan, why don't you take us through some of the action that happened uh, this week in the championship? Yeah, so um, teams have finally uh, made their way to the Premier League. Uh, Leeds are finally coming back after... Um, I, I don't think they've been in the Premier League. They've been in the first division, right? They were 06 is the last time they were in the Premier League. Okay, so they were in the Premier League. Okay. And uh, West Brom securing second place and returning to the Premier League after going down in the 17, or yeah, 17, 18th season. And uh, um, a lot of action going on for those uh, tournament spots. Uh, Brentford, Fulham, Cardiff, and Swansea making a last-ditch effort to get the last spot, taking out Nottingham Forest by one goal difference. Pretty Ooh. crazy. Which was crazy because there needed to be a six-goal swing, and it happened. Like... Because Nottingham Forest were fifth going into this match week, and they ended up being seventh, which is very tough. Like, the championship League 1 and League 2, like, it's so condensed, it's insane. In my opinion, the championship is literally the most competitive league on earth. Like, and I'm not kidding. Like, even at the bottom, you had Luton Town, who made, like, a final day push and got out of the relegation zone. And Barnsley, Barnsley with a last-ditch win under Gerhard Schruber. They've looked very well. who were out of the relegation zone despite their penalty, ended up getting fully relegated today. And Hull City, who were in the Premier League, what was it, three years ago? Yeah, three seasons ago. Down to League 24th, finishing rock bottom for Hull City. And even, like, Middlesbrough, Stoke, there's teams that were in the Premier League, like, less than three years ago. Stoke, I will say, are the informed team in the division, though. Keep an eye on them next season. Okay. 
And but then, yeah, finishing fifteenth. Even like, and then like going back to the top, like West Brom almost bottled it, but Brentford shit the bed twice. Like twice, they had two opportunities where West Brom dropped points, and then like that's insane. If Fulham could have Fulham could have gone up if they'd beaten Wigan, Fulham would have gone up automatically. Yeah, like it's, very, it's just it's crazy. I'm very happy that Leeds were the ones who won the whole thing. Um, I'm not. I don't hate West Brom, so I'm kind of happy that they came back up. I kind of wish Brentford would have got the automatic yeah, spot. Me too. And then I really hope one of the Welsh teams comes back to the Premier League. It's also always kind of nice to have them. Imagine if the it's Premier a Welsh League. derby in the playoff final. That would be insane. That'd be crazy. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd that, be that so would be quite cool. a spectacle. If only there could there if if only there could be fans for that, that'd be quite intense. But who, uh, like, who are y'all's picks for um, coming up through the playoffs? I think I'll go first. I think th- my bias picks who I want or who I think it's going to be. Um, um, I want it to be Swansea Cardiff in the final and Swansea come up. Hmm. I think it's going to be. I don't know. I think Brentford are going to be. I think it's going to be Brentford Fulham in the final, and then I th- I don't know Fulham. I think are going to beat them, but I honestly have no clue. Yeah, I reckon it'll be Brentford Fulham in the final, and I have a feeling that Brent or that uh, Fulham are going to win the, the the final. I want it to be Brentford, but I just feel like they're petering out at the end of this season, and Fulham still do have that Premier League experience. In their mm-hmm. squad, and I, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like Fulham will probably come through this. I think it's going to be Fulham Brentford as well, but I'm going to go with Brentford. I think they've got a lot of good talent, and uh, I think they'll take those games that they've could have capitalized on, and they're going to take it in their stride and come up to the prim. I hope you're right. All, all the right. promotion playoffs have been kind of insane, like the League Two ones, the. Colchester Exeter one. That one had to go to extra time. Northampton were down two nil from their home leg, and then went the next week and beat Cheltenham three nil, and then they absolutely smashed Exeter in the final. Yes, that they was very, did. That was an. I really enjoyed watching that game. That was a very fun game to watch. And then with. The Oxford Portsmouth game went into penalties. Yeah, that's crazy. And it was, yeah that that game I watched the penalties of that was insane. That like it even had me on the edge of my seat. I really like don't care about either team at all. And then it was like it was kind of awesome seeing Wickham come up and just like um, what's his name? Akinfenwa. Akinfenwa after the game, just being so excited to finally kind of. I think he he, he kind of saw it as his like proving himself, mm-hmm. like hey, I was on a side that finally that got promoted to the championship. Like everybody who says I'm this horrible stunt player, look where I got myself. Yeah, yeah. And then like I'm sure that these playoffs are going to be crazy too. It's going to be. Such, I'm planning on watching be, it. I think it's going to be exciting mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. I'm very excited. To see who's going to come up next year. Yeah, I I really do hope it's Brentford though, because they're they're such a well-run club. Like they do everything right, in my opinion. Um, and 
they're they're a very modern club. They appoint modern managers. They have a very modern business model. They make all their signings based on analytics and data. So, you know, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how a team like that would fare in the Premier League. Leeds, by the way, under Marcelo Bielsa, very tactically adept, um, could do some damage. I don't think they'll be quite as good as, like, Wolves or Sheffield United were when they first came up, but uh, I think they'll be comfortably mid-table next season. I think so, too, but every time we said a team's going to be comfortably mid-table, they have absolutely shit Except for Wolves, (laughs) but that was the easy pick. Okay, yeah, that they also signed Rui Patricio. On I know, free. I know. and John Matino, and yeah, I know, I know. But still, yeah, like, that that team had everything going for them when they came up. Even Fulham did, and they absolutely were horrible. Well, they just invest. Their recruitment was extremely dog shit, for lack of a better term. Um, yeah. But, I don't know, it's gonna be, and, but Villa tried the same thing, and it seems to maybe have worked. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. This final, okay, this final I don't day. Know if I can say that worked. Well, <laughs> they stayed up. That's, I mean, that's the maybe. important thing. I don't know. We'll see this weekend. This final day is going to be. Or I, I say they stay up. I hope they do. But The final I, day is going to be insane. I know. A lot of possibilities. You have. Three through six, they are all playing each other. United oh, yeah. play Leicester, Chelsea play Wolves. And then, so that, like, if we win, we get Champions League. And if Wolves win, they get Europa League. Like, no, it's it's like a 15-goal swing. No, huh? I'm talking Europa League. Oh, well, they, they're, yeah. So they're probably... Maybe I don't even I don't even want to say probably to any result because these past couple weeks like the results have been they've been insane. Like I don't know this finals day is going to be crazy because the relegation battle, Bournemouth aren't down yet, and a win and the other teams losing that would guarantee them coming up or staying up. Yeah. And then oh god, it's just going to be crazy. Oh, by the way, Villa have West Ham, so like it's gonna be cra- it's yeah, it is gonna be crazy. All they need is a no, they need a win. West Ham, to... Oh wow, they need a win and everyone else to lose. Yeah, or they need team. to win by more goals than Watford win. Like no, yeah, because Watford know. are on thirty four. So are Villa. Yeah, so I don't know. It's going to be if Bournemouth can pull that win out against Everton, which is going to be very hard for them to do. I don't think they will. I think they're, I think Bournemouth are down. I'm going to be, I think the bottom three right now is who's going to go down. I do too, but like, I don't know. I think it's going to be very, very interesting. It is because you have, because I, I'm biased and I want Bournemouth to stay up. I, I, I don't know. It's very, I don't want them to go down. They they were like this Cinderella story that have been up for their fourth season now. <clears throat> and just coming up, just working their way up from League Two, it's kind of it's nice to see that it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if that that final day is gonna be crazy because everything is up to play for besides first, second, and twentieth. Yeah. All I want is for us to win and then chant Troy Dini, Troy Dini, where are your cojones? 
<laughs> when he's in the championship. Please, oh, please do that. Fans. All the fans from home. Yeah. Twitter will explode. Yeah, that's right. Bro, and like, I don't know, like even the six and seven, the sixth spot and the seventh spot, are, that's going to be crazy. And uh, there's just so much to play for. And it's very, it's a very exciting time right now. Right. Gentlemen. It's going to be an insane final day. Do we have any uh, any AOB, any other business? Bro, fucking Man City got $300 million to spend this window. I'm very upset. All right. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we've enjoyed making it. It's been a bit of a, a more, like, relaxed vibe, I think, tonight. But, you know, I'm, I'm a, I could get used to it. Um. Yeah, like we said, thank you for listening, and uh, if you enjoyed, give us a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever medium you're using. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can't find us at The Slap Podcast. There's not very much happening on there. There is sometimes, um, but yeah, I don't know. We talk about it all the time and then never do anything about it. Um, Yeah, Uh, we love you all, and thanks for listening, and it's a goodbye from us.